0: Welcome from all of us at Albuquerque Reformed Church, a particular congregation of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church located in New Mexico. We thank you for joining us for this week's sermon. For more information about Albuquerque Reformed Church or to contribute to its ministry, visit abqreformed.org. And now, we invite you to open your Bible and listen to the preached word this uh, uh, this past week uh, i was uh, riding uber because uh, my car was at the workshop and so i had to use uber for a few trips so you know uh, it was interesting i had pretty you know interesting conversations with a few of the uber drivers Correct. you know they <laughs> They ask, how are you doing? And you tell, okay, this is what is going on. And you, you know, strike in- interesting conversations with people. And sometimes, you know, it's pretty interesting. So I asked this man, uh, you know, what do you like uh, about this city? And he said, uh, yeah, there are, uh, there are things which he likes about the city. And then I, al- I also asked him, what do you don't like about the city? <laughs> you know? And uh, he said, you know, the crime and poverty now he is not a christian he is an unbeliever but uh, even as an unbeliever he understands that something is not right with the society yes. uh, there is uh, high crime and it affects all whether you are a believer or whether you are an unbeliever uh, high crime and high poverty and he sees uh, you know the sadness among the people and it is a fact of uh, life now, we read from Isaiah. Isaiah is a prophet of God. He is a man of God. He is a believer. He trusts in God. And uh, prophet Isaiah, he's is an eighth-century prophet, and uh, he lived in a similar situation. He lived in a uh, he lived in a similar uh, he lived under similar circumstances and we think our uh, uh, you know uh, our world is bad and uh, how horrible it is and it's uh, you know it's uh, intolerable uh, but this is this is how even then it was and he as a prophet uh, mm-hmm. he was saddened he was saddened he was uh, crushed in isaiah chapter uh, 10 verses 1 and 2 He laments about the society and how the princes and rulers uh, makes uh, unjust laws. Uh, Even then, there were senators and presidents and (laughs) kings and they were, you know, coming up with unjust laws. He says in chapter 10, Woe to those who decree unrighteous decrees, who write misfortune, which they have prescribed, to rob the needy of justice and to take what is right from the poor of my people. That widows may be their prey, and that they may they may rob the fatherless. So this was the condition then. Then uh, he speaks about uh, greed in Isaiah chapter two verses six and seven, and then he speaks about idolatry uh, in chapter two verses eight and eight and nine. Idolatry among the people of God, and then he speaks about uh, how people of God are ungrateful in. Uh, chapter 5 verses 11 and 12 for he says uh, uh, how uh, woe to those who rise early in the morning that they may follow intoxicating drink who continue until night till wine inflames them the harp and the strings the tambourine and flute and wine are in their feast but then he writes but they do not regard the work of the lord nor consider the operation of his spirit, of uh, his hands, nor consider the operation of his hands. Mm-hmm. So, people are exactly the same, yep. <laughs> yep. amen. Right, amen. even yes. today no, or no. even then, That's right. everybody just want to enjoy, That's right. <laughs> yeah. but nobody wants to consider the work of his hands, the operation of uh, his spirit. But just everybody want to enjoy their life. So it's a, it is a very corrupt society now. And it was a very corrupt and hopeless uh, society even then. Yeah. Yeah. So but as believers, when we live in this world, you know, when God transforms us in Christ Jesus, sometimes we are saddened by these things when we look at the condition of our society. When we uh, see uh, people in our own family, you know, uh, drowning in sin, uh, the condition of their lives. Uh, You don't have to live like this. They don't have to live like this. They could live better. You know, when I look at people uh, on the street, their hands and legs are fine and there are employment opportunities. But uh, look at them. They are staying there. With, a, with some kind of, uh, you know, board or something asking for help. And as believers, uh, sometimes we get very discouraged when we see very, you know, uh, we are very much saddened and we are very crushed in the spirit. But one very interesting thing about Isaiah, you know, when we look at Isaiah chapter 9, uh The prophet, uh, you know, the present situation for the prophet, for him uh, and for his nation, uh, the moral uh, condition of the nation, it's not very encouraging. But in the midst of all of these things, uh, uh, he could still, you know, he could uh, still uh, live in a level of uh, comfort. In other words, he's able to see beyond his present horizon into the future he is able to see beyond his present horizon into the into future and what God is going to do for his people. Now, when he looks into the future, he lives in the present as if God is already doing those things he has promised. Even though in the present, wherever he looks, it's all discouraging. But when he looks to God... When he looks to his promises, and based on those promises, even in the present, he is able to derive comfort. And this is the hope of Christmas for us uh, Christians. We know the world is bad. It's fallen. We live in a fallen world. the uh, book of Revelation shows us that the world is going to worse and worse. There are people who are going to live in sin. and There are people who are going to continue in sin. Yes. By the same time, God is reconciling the world uh, to himself through Christ Jesus. And as believers, if we, if we have this future-mindedness in the present of what God is doing through Christ, then we will be able to live in peace. Despite all the present troubles. So Jesus is the answer. So, you know, what Isaiah is showing us is that Jesus is the light and the only hope for this world. No matter how world, how wicked the world goes, Jesus is the light and the only hope for this world. And those who put their trust in him will experience the joy unspeakable. Those who put their trust in him will experience the joy unspeakable despite the present condition in their lives. Three things which Isaiah is showing us uh, from this passage is this, a great light, verses 1 and 2, a great joy, verses uh, 3 and uh, 5, and a great incarnation, verses 6 and 7. A great light, a great uh, joy, a great incarnation. Now look at uh, verses uh, 1 and 2. The land of uh, Jebelun and the land of Natali was part of the northern borders of ancient Israel. During the time of the uh, prophet Isaiah, the north as well as uh, south was uh, wicked and very notorious in the sight of God. They had forgotten that God had redeemed them uh, from slavery uh, to Egypt. And God had made a covenant with them as a nation. So they were... Uh, a covenant people of God but they had turned their back uh, on God despite they having nothing in them uh, that they could uh, deserve his goodness God chose them but despite the fact that God chose them and they were in a covenant relationship they had turned their back on God now in the previous chapter isaiah has shown uh, shown us that god had decreed destruction on the kingdom of israel at the hand of Asin, at the hand of an at the hand of assyrian king they were destined for punishment at the hand of assyrians mm-hmm. now nobody likes uh, to hear about judgment nobody <laughs> likes to hear about punishment sure you know people people like to live in their wickedness in their sin and uh, they don't want to be bothered no. nobody wants to be bothered just leave me leave me alone and this is what this is how i am and this is what i'm going to do yes but some uh, you know f- some five four and five says That you are not a God who delight in wickedness. Evil may not dwell with you. The boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all evil doers. God hates all evil doers. That means there is a day of reckoning. There is a day when God will visit uh, people with judgment. He sends the rod of his anger to those who live in continued disobedience and even if they are his people even if they are his covenant people God visits them with judgment and this is and this is not not a great uh, news uh, for the people of God for the people of God this is not a great news but at the same time the prophet, in the midst of all of this, gives them a message of hope. God is merciful. He is kind and he is uh, long-suffering. He is so long-suffering that he does not want anyone to perish. In Isaiah chapter 7, uh, uh, through uh, through, the, through his prophet, God uh, uh, promises uh Uh, God promises that a virgin will conceive and his name will be called Emmanuel. That means uh, God with us and uh, he will come and uh, uh, he will come and uh, he will save his people. He would redeem his people. He would blot out the sin of his people. So even though there was this threat of judgment on the people of God, -hmm. At the same time, God had also given them hope. That there is still hope. There is still hope in the Messiah who was to come. There is still hope in this child who is to come. Isaiah chapter 7. That for before the. uh, you know, it says Isaiah chapter seven verse uh, fourteen. Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign: behold, the virgin shall conceive, and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. And once again, Isaiah points out to his people here, uh, here uh, in Isaiah nine, that even though judgment is decreed on them, and even though God will visit judgment on them, but at the same time. He is going to be merciful to them. And that's what he says in Isaiah chapter 9 verses, 9, uh, chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. Nevertheless, the gloom will not be upon her who is distressed as when at first he lightly esteemed the land of Jeblun and the land of Naphtali and afterward more heavily oppressed her by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan in Galilee of the Gentiles. So when Assyrian king, when he invaded the land, it was the north which suffered the most, which suffered the most. At the same time here, the prophet gives encouragement and hope to his people that even though you suffer the most, but you are the one who is going to receive most comfort so to speak because the place which was more oppressed or the place where was more darkness or or the place uh, which suffered more heavily more heavily from uh, from the hand of god the same place would receive greater uh, greater uh, forgiveness or uh, greater grace And the Gospel writer in Matthew shows us in chapter 4 that when Jesus began his ministry, that uh, he began from the northern part of Israel, from Jebelun and Naphtali. As he says in Matthew chapter 4, verses 12 to 17, that now when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he departed to Galilee. He would have started from anywhere else. But he started from the north. Hmm. Matthew 4.38 says, And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea in the regions of Jebelun and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying the land of Jebelun and the land of Naphtali by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness and have seen a great light, and upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned look at the long suffering kindness and goodness of god amen the people who suffered more or most on them god displayed greater kindness greater mercy the people who were called Gentiles and those, uh, you know, there were Gentiles who were living in the northern part of Israel because the Assyrian and Babylonian kings, they had brought Gentiles in those places and they were pagans and they were uh, living and dwelling in darkness. But uh, the light, uh, you know, came uh, from that area, the the light of the gospel first shone uh, in the places where where there was no light. In the scripture, sometimes darkness refers to wickedness and hopelessness uh, and uh, and where the devil is more active. And uh, at the same time, uh, Jesus has been referred to as the light of the world. And here, when the gospel uh, came uh, through the person of Lord Jesus Christ, and uh, here, uh, in Matthew four, Matthew four, we read that uh, it uh, began from the northern part of Israel. Jesus is the personification of the light, which was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah was not able to see in his own <coughs> lifetime. He hoped, he hoped, and uh, he was encouraged even in the present. And God was saying to Isaiah and uh, and the believers and and his children. That uh, I know the pain, uh, I know uh, the heartache, but then I'm going to do a bigger work, a bigger work which is beyond your time, which is uh, beyond this nation, a bigger work. You need to have patience and you need to wait on me and a day will come when, you know, I will make all things new through my servant, through my Servant, so a great light, verses 1 and 2, in the person of Lord Jesus Christ, and God fulfilled this uh, 2000 years ago in His person. But now, look at a great uh, joy, verses uh, 3 to 5, a great uh, joy. Under King David and uh, Solomon, the nation of Israel had achieved its greatest uh, height. And it was the Lord who gave them that increase. Uh, Lord increases the nation and he decreases the nation. Lord chose the nation of Israel not because they were more in numbers. Deuteronomy 7.7 says the Lord did not set his love on you nor choose you because you were more in numbers than any other people for you were the least of all the peoples. There are people who think that you know Israel as a special that's something very special in them. You know maybe something very special and that's why God chose them very special quality but uh, scripture very clearly shows that there were there was nothing which was special in them. That Lord Just chose them, he set his love upon them, yes, just like us,
1: just like us, (laughs) amen.
0: Amen. Thank God. But the nation of Israel was not grateful, they were not (laughs) grateful, they wanted his favor, they wanted the goodies which they were getting, (laughs) 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 they were all. They were just considered about uh, the goodies and that's it. They were not considered about the God who gave them all of uh, these uh, things. And they uh, soon uh, fell into unfaithfulness and chaos and oppression after David and Solomon. They became futile in their thoughts and disobeyed his commandment. As a result, the threat of judgment remained on the nation. The threat of being handed to their oppressors, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, sometimes uh, you know when you you know go you know when you drive uh, uh, through the streets here and uh, you see people in kind of horrible condition, and you wonder how can people even uh, live in that condition. But then this is what happens. Mm-hmm. Sin and disobedience uh, brings people into that condition where people almost become like animal. Yes, mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you drive through and you see in the middle of the road a person just, uh, you know, lying down on the road in this cold and like ha- hardly they have any clothes In you know, how shabby they are. And uh, if you just... Uh, uh, think uh, you know if you just think about that, it's like they are almost living like as kind of animals. Yes. And this is what happens when a nation forsakes their God, uh, yes. when Amen. people yes. forsake their God, yes. they almost become like animals uh, yes. without yes. dignity. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like. Them. And uh, look at the people of God. They were like under judgment. Assyria is going to come and Assyria is going to uh, destroy their nation. And uh, 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 it's going to be horrible for them. This was the news uh, for them. God had decreed uh, evil on them because of their continual disobedience. Uh, sometimes people ask uh, why does evil exist now the thing is that I don't have all all the answer I don't have all the answer why evil exists but at the same time Bible shows that uh, sometimes God uses evil to chastise his disobedient children the nation of Assyria was not a godly nation but God used them to chastise the children of Israel God could, that means God could use uh, your unbelieving manager to chastise you. Sometimes he could use our own uh, relatives and family members. Uh, Sometimes he could use our own uh, neighbors sometimes to uh, chastise us. But at the same time, uh, we need to ask another question. If God uses oppressors to chastise his people for their sins, can oppressors go guilt-free on the the day of judgment? No. No. Can an oppressor say that I am innocent as I was doing the will of God? (laughs) The answer is no. (laughs) Oppressors oppress because they are wicked. That's right. God just allows them to do their wicked deeds. They do not oppress people because God tells them to do, but they oppress people because they delight in wickedness. God used Assyria to chastise his people, but God also promised a deliverer who would deliver his people from their oppressors and who would break the yoke of all oppressors from the neck of his people. We live in a much better time. We can learn from their disobedience and its consequences. Perhaps the Lord is uh, speaking to us today. There is nothing which is uh, hidden in the sight of God. All things are naked before him. And God is always warning his people uh, through his word, uh, repent, uh, take a U-turn. Today is the day. Today is the day of salvation. He is long-suffering and he is kind. Yes. The children of Israel had to wait for a redeemer. Prophet Isaiah was looking forward to... D- to a day when God would once again visit his people who would redeem them from their oppressors he will save them by his might he will break the yoke their yoke from the back of his people he will break the rod of his oppressor God was promising a deliverer Mm -hmm. and God reminds them uh, through Isaiah uh, the story of Gideon's victory over the the Midianites and now that particular uh, victory is an interesting victory. And through them, God, uh, through that incident, God is reminding that as God redeemed his people uh, through uh, Gideon, he would redeem his people. Now just uh, think about that incidence uh, for a moment. Uh, children of uh, Israel were oppressed by Midianites uh, constantly and uh, they cried out to the Lord and because they constantly cried out to the Lord God was merciful to them and he heard their cry and and raised Gideon to save his people now the story is an interesting story (laughs) now you know Uh, uh, Think about uh, the numbers at both sides. Now, Gideon had uh, around uh, 32,000 people with him. But he was facing a million people. 32,000 versus a million people. Now, is there a match? No match. 32,000 versus a million people. But for God, even that 32,000 was too much. Mm. (laughs) Too much. Like 32,000 people, that's like too much for me. I don't need that 32,000 people. So first, he sends 22,000 home. And now you think it's like, okay, now you have remaining some ten, twelve thousand, 12,000. And that might be enough. God might be using those, uh, you know, ten to 12,000 people. But again, he sends that, uh, you know, remaining home. Except three hundred who are permitted to go with Gideon on this battle. Million people. Million people on the other side and three hundred people on this on on you know with Gideon. And I think even even those three thousand God did not need it, that even that three thousand. But then, you know, if you read that story, you know, you need someone to make some noises there. You know, you need someone to make some noises. So God just, instead of using some angels, he just, you know, left those people. You are the one who go and go around the tent and, you know, break the picture and make the noises. You know, God just wanted them to just make that those noises. And that's what that was all God wanted from them. And they did that. And Gideonites, this uh, sorry, Midianites with their million army, were routed in that particular day. God defeated them with 300, just 300 people. With 300 people, God defeated his enemies. And this is the same hope which God is giving to his people. You know, we think that the greatest enemy are those who are our neighbors. Or, you know, there are people in our family or people in our office. But what Bible shows us that the greatest enemy is not our neighbors, is not those who are outside, but those who are inside. The greatest enemy is our sin. It is our sin which destroys us. It is a sin which makes people almost inhuman. It is a sin which makes people... uh, It is a sin which leaves people without any dignity. And here God is uh, showing his people that uh, they need to be saved uh, from the oppression of their sin and devil. And the prophet Isaiah is looking for a day when God would open a way for his people to be saved from their enemies. And on that day, when Messiah come, he would uh, break the rod of his oppressor. Uh, he would uh, break uh, the yoke of uh, his people's burden. He would deliver his people from the bondage of uh, sin, Satan, and devil. Colossians chapter 2, verses 15 shows us that Jesus has disarmed all principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them by triumphing over them. Death is no more the greatest enemy of humanity as as Jesus has conquered death and Satan. So if you are in Christ, even if you die, you would live again. And this is the greatest message of hope and joy for all humanity. This is the greatest hope. Uh, This is the Christmas hope which we have year after year, year after year, that Jesus saves his people. Jesus saves his people from their sins. Jesus saves his people from bondage, whether it is a bondage of drugs, whether it is a bondage of alcoholism, or it is a bondage of uh, sexual immorality, or if it is greed, or whatever bondage it is. That Jesus is able to save his people from every kind of bondage. We see people drowned in drugs and wickedness and violence. uh, People stealing. But uh, from this passage, Isaiah shows us that there is hope. That Jesus, that no one, uh, there is no one you know, who is uh, beyond help? Mm-hmm. There is uh, no one, you know, about uh, whom we can say he is uh, unsavable as yes. long as he is alive. Yes. That's right. Mm-hmm. Amen. Whatever bondage he is in, if God could defeat a million army with 300 people, then no matter how much. Uh, uh, how much uh, power the devil has uh, on people or on a person? God can defeat. God can defeat uh, the devil and his power. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. And He has already de- defeated yeah. the devil and his power. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Sinners has to just come to Him. Mm-hmm. Just obey. Just listen to Him. Just obey. Just cry out. And God would redeem, God would redeem, God would save, God would save his people. If you are in Christ, then you are a new creation. You know, all the power of the enemy is useless against you. Old is passed away and the new has come. You know, if you are in Christ Jesus, your sins are forgiven and you are, recon- you are reconciled to God and uh, this is the joy unspeakable which uh, which the which God was always promising to his people and we live in that era isaiah lived for this day he lived uh, to see the day of christ and now we live in that day because many of us experience that joy yes. many of us are experience uh, many of us are able to experience the joy of being the people of christ the joy of being with the people of god uh, the joy of uh, uh, you know experience experiencing the fellowship with the people of god we live in those days yes. now we, live, we still live in a fallen world. Uh, uh, there, is gloomness, there is gloom and sadness when we see the condition of many people around us, when we see the sin and violence and injustice there is. But in the midst of all of these things, uh, we can rejoice that Christ has already saved us. And one day, as we look forward to the coming of Christ, uh, You know, a day will come when Christ would come and he would make all things new. We would be perfected. He would make us uh, perfect. And that day, we look and long for that day. But Isaiah was looking for the day of Christ. You know, for him, he sees the problem in society. He sees the moral uh, breakdown. He sees the gloom uh, for his people. And... uh, you know, to them, God's answer was a child. You would experience a regal figure. You would experience some kind of a, you know, uh, government. Uh, but uh, to his people, uh, and uh, uh, and to their problems, uh, God's answer was a child. Look at verses uh, 6 eight, six and 7, a great incarnation. For unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, To order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. God had redeemed his people multiple times through human redeemer. But repeatedly, they went back uh, into their old ways. They fell back into the same sin And God's answer to them and to their cry and to their ultimate longing was this child. I will send you my own son. John chapter 1 1 says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. And John 1.14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. God became flesh. The Word became flesh. And this is the hope and joy and promise of Christmas, that God Himself has come to dwell among His people and this is the hope which uh, was laid out for the people of God for the ancient people of God and this is the same hope which we have as uh, people of God that there is no hope you know governments uh, may reform and some or the other way there may be great politicians there may come great uh, rulers and senators but the ultimate hope, Lies in Lord Jesus Christ without him there is uh, no hope Isaiah uh, shows us that uh, not only he is human but at the same time he is divine he says that he is wonderful and counselor Uh, he is a child he is a son he is born of a virgin at the same time he is mighty God he is everlasting father and he is the prince of peace of the increase of his government there will be no end that that means it's only his government which would ultimately last it is only his government which, which would ultimately thrive all other governments of this world would fail his government would be a perfect government and uh, the government would be upon his shoulder. Yeah. The government would be upon his shoulder. Now we see at this point of time, his government more fully in the hearts of uh, believers. His government is in our hearts. He saves his people from their greatest enemy. that is the power of sin and death. At the same time, Jesus is right now, even right now, he's subduing his people to himself. Psalm 110 verse three says, "Your people shall be volunteers in the day of your power. Mm. We get a foretaste of his rule in the midst uh, of the assembly of uh, his saints. Here in church we see his rule more fully. Yes. We experience uh, uh, his rule here. you know we experience the, the joy of his rule. We are experiencing the joy of his r- uh, rule among us. And that's one of the reasons that we should never neglect the assembling of saints, that's gathering right. together of the saints. We, yes. should neglect, uh, we should never neglect the assembly of the saints. You should not be neglecting coming to the church of Lord Jesus Christ. But at the same time, Isaiah shows and the rest of the passage shows us that eventually his kingdom would extend to all the sphere of human life and society. His kingdom would extend from shore to shore. A day is coming when the knowledge of God would fill all the earth as waters cover the sea. A day is coming when all rulers of the earth will come into his presence with thanksgiving and they will bow their knees before him. Today they oppose. Today they hate. Today they make laws which are unjust. But a day will come when they will bow their knees before him. It is the jail of the Father in heaven and he has promised to fulfill this. This is the hope of Christmas. This is the hope which we have as believers. The prophet Isaiah looked forward. He pointed the people of God, the faithful ones, to look for the Messiah to come. But Jesus already came 2000 years ago and we live under his rule right now and despite uh, the weight which we have right now despite the weight even in the present we can be joyful even in the present we can be encouraged Mm -hmm. You uh, you know just think about this um when uh, you are, uh, you know, voting on me, uh, on my coming here, if somebody would have told me that it would take 15, ma- uh, 15 months, most of you would have was like, oh, 15 months, that's too much. Okay, we need to call some, we need to call another <laughs> pastor. There's a, you know, you, you, we need to call another pastor. But at the same time, you did not know the time. But as months pass by, and uh, as you are like hoping and expecting it will be just uh, next month maybe next week we are going to hear you <laughs> know even in the present many of you were encouraged. Uh, yes. and a day came I, I came here I landed here yes. same way you know Isaiah you know uh, from this passage and uh, from the rest of the scripture God is comforting his people yeah. that that uh, You live, even though you live in a fallen world, uh, there are things which are depressing. But you need to hold on to Christ. You need to abide in Him. You need to continue to avail the means of grace. You need to continue to trust in Him. And every single day, Live as if that he is going to come now. He is going to come today. He is just near. His footsteps are approaching. Live in that uh, mode, mode of mindset. And that would give you encouragement. That would sustain you. That would sustain you in your Christian faith and in your walk. May this be the encouragement in this season of Advent and as we approach uh, the new year, as we pray. Amen. Our gracious uh, Heavenly Father, how awesome and wonderful you are, Lord. How awesome and wonderful you are. Lord there are so many things if we think about uh, there are so many things uh, which could uh, really uh, depress us which could really break our hearts uh, crush our spirits and uh, take uh, and uh, destroy our peace uh, but uh, thank you so much Lord uh, uh, for our Lord Jesus Christ uh, long back isaiah prophesies uh, to us a child is born and to us a son is given and uh, he looked forward uh, to the coming of this savior and this savior came 2000 years ago and lord uh, uh, we saw the light uh, the light of the gospel and and in His name, uh, many of us has experienced the forgiveness of sins and the newness of life, and now we have the life eternal in Christ Jesus. Lord, there are many things to be discouraged, but the same uh, same thing at the same time, there is much more uh, to be encouraged in Christ Jesus. He is even now ruling and reigning, and He is in the midst of us. Uh, uh, he he rules and reigns in the midst of us and uh, He has made us His willing servants. So Lord, we can be encouraged in the midst of uh, this fallen world because our Savior is going to return from heaven. His soon a day will come and uh, with the shout of the archangel and uh, with the sound of the trumpet, uh, He would descend from heaven with 10,000 of His saints and we would be with him we would be transformed and made new in an instant and our faith will be made sight oh lord we look for that day and we pray that you would continue to encourage us uh, through your word and you would continue to build us and you would uh, continue uh, to work in us We thank you for all what you do in our lives, and uh, we pray that uh, you would uh, continue to comfort us. We ask this prayer in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. If you were blessed by this sermon, we invite you to visit us at abqreformed.org where you'll find more information about our ministry. We look forward to you joining us again, online or in person. Until then, may peace, comfort, and grace be given to you through our Lord Jesus Christ.